Before we get into today's episode, we would like to formally thank you all for your continued support. We have recently hit over a thousand streams on our RSS platform. Without you, this wouldn't be possible, and we really just want to thank you all for supporting our channel. Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic, episode 17, where today we'll be having a discussion around change. Um, I am your co-host, Ren. I am your co-host, Mateo. And today we're going to namely be talking about graduation. Uh, we said in last week's episode that we're graduating, but it's upon us as of this recording today. We're going to be graduating tomorrow. And with that comes a lot of you know anxiety and worries that come with really any big social change. But as Stoics, we kind of embrace the change, and we're, we'd, I'd say we're less worried than a lot of people were around. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly... it's. It's a very interesting time because we don't really know what's next. We don't really have a taste for what the future is going to hold. We sort of have an idea, most people for the most part, of where they're going to end up or what it's going to look like. And some of us don't. I mean, I know you don't even know where exactly you're going to go to college yet. You have some ideas, but it's not a for sure thing. So that's kind of the thing about change is, one, it's inevitable, but also because it's so there's such a high level of uncertainty, that's where a lot of people can kind of fall back and try and stay more in a stagnant um, state of mind and just not really get out got the, get out there and be uncomfortable but ultimately you know trying to reject changes rejecting the natural world as the stoics would say it's it's um, illogical it doesn't make sense to try and avoid change well and we're, we've talked a lot about social issues in the past few episodes this is going to be a lot of stoic based things a lot of quotes a lot of um, stoic kind of analysis today and I'll start with a quote from Marcus Aurelius that says that what can take place without change what then is more pleasing or more suitable to the universal nature? Do you not see then that for yourself also to change is just the same and equally necessary? And it goes to show that as Stoics we believe, and I think the general population should believe it, that change is necessary. Mm-hmm. It is natural. Without change, life would be pretty boring. And therefore we have to embrace it because if something is a natural part of life and we bury our heads in the sand and we say that, we're not going to deal with it. We're going to be worried about it. We're just going to stress out over it. We're not going to leave a. We're not going to lead a very fulfilling life because we're always going to be miserable when it comes to those big social changes. And so that's kind of what we're going to start with is just the broad outline of why change is necessary, how it's part of the natural world, and how seeing that makes it a lot easier to embrace it. I think than just looking at it as some necessary evil. And I think to dive into this, you really have to understand what the Stoics valued and why, how their perspective sort of shaped their ideologies about change. Um, specifically, I guess that kind of ties back. So there's a quote from Aurelius that says, every part of me then will be reduced by change into some part of the universe. And that again will change into another part of the universe and so on forever. So that quote specifically kind of highlights this ideology in Stoicism that evolution and change is always constant which is something that we've talked about in many episodes especially at the beginning of this podcast was stoics believed firmly in constant evolution and the constant changing of oneself so that idea on its own kind of represents what change is and how it's a necessary part of life and it's inevitable but then also what stoics believed was in fate and how you can't necessarily control everything it's it's up to fate they didn't really believe in a god but they certainly believed in like nature and uh, the natural world and and fate they certainly thought was a real thing so i guess it's kind of how talking about how uh change it, it might at first might seem to lead into nothing or to not have a purpose but ultimately everything happens for a reason and that's kind of again reiterating the idea of 
it's up to fate. You can only control what you can because change will always be inevitable. Well, and if you think outside of just the human experience, if you think of the natural world and everything that happens within the natural world, whether it be leaves, you know, changing color or, you know, tree dies or anything that happens in the natural world is a product of change. And I would say the natural world functions pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, humans have not done their part in upkeeping that. But the natural world left to its own devices performs very well. And it takes care of the functions that it needs to. And it maintains that everything that is necessary is upheld. But it constantly changes and it constantly evolves, you know, evolution. All of the biological processes that have got us to here, to where we currently are in modern times. And if the natural world can function the same way, then why as humans can we not operate the same? Mm-hmm. Correct. If, if we embrace change as natural and part of that natural world, then it should be natural for the human world as well. And we should go about our business while acknowledging the change, accepting it and embracing it, embracing the challenge and not you know using it as an opportunity to question your abilities. Well, that's a good point that you made about like the natural world and kind of like the, the biological lens with that. Because, I mean, if you look at the... Um like in nature, right? Everything changes. And also there's a very harsh reality that sets in when you kind of look at the natural world. Specifically, people say, oh, it's animal cruelty or nature cruelty when an animal eats another animal. That's part of the cycle of change and how the world ultimately works. And understanding that that harsh reality, that it's a very real thing and that change is impossible to avoid, that nature will always find a way to work itself out. And you said... We sort of, as humans, strayed away from, you know, the natural world. I certainly think that's true. As we've, you can see, we've industrialized on exponential scales from uh, when humans were first around. So that's a great point. That the idea of change too is, it's not always constant. It can come at any time. It can come at any speed. Um, it will happen when you least expect it, or even you can try and predict it with patterns. But the idea of change is because it's so unpredictable. That's often why people are afraid of it. Because ultimately, you can't necessarily predict what's going to happen. You may have an idea, but things always happen in a certain way when you least expect them to or in a manner in which you least expect them to. And I think that's a good segue into the next point in that while change is kind of inevitable and part of just your natural experience, it's also understandable cognitively the fear you have of change. I think we've grown up in a society that generally grows up in very comfortable environments and whenever you have a disruption to that comfort a disruption to the routine that you build then you're going to you know feel worried about it it feels so unnatural that it's something that causes concern and i think that's very understandable however i think when we address the specific fears and today we're going to look at um you know with us graduating some fears i've heard of graduating and just some that are general to all change when we look at those fears, it's understandable, but they're easily conquerable. Mm-hmm. And so two fears that I'll lead off with. One is the fear of the unknown. And I know you have a quote around that, so I'll let you um, say that quote after I kind of explain. But just the fear of the unknown, right? If you're graduating, it's a new path. You don't know maybe where you're going to college. You don't know who your roommate's going to be. You don't know who you're going to hang out with. It's an overall shift in your life where you've been, for four years, you've been doing this one thing. Or you have a job and you know you've had it for 10 years and you're doing this job and you've gotten into the routine, you know your coworkers, you're very comfortable, all of a sudden you get fired or you find a new job and that's 10 years, you know, that experience maybe socially doesn't apply and so you're in a whole new environment. And so that fear of the unknown 
just disturbs your ability to be confident in yourself because you're like, am I able to handle this new situation? What, what am I going to do with these new opportunities, right? What is life going to look for me a year down the road, two years down the road when I take this new opportunity? And so what I think that leads to is instead of enjoying like the last memories you get, the last experiences you have with your friends or with your coworkers or whatever it is, you overthink. You overthink about the future. And ultimately, you create more misery for yourself by worrying about the unknown mm-hmm. and just saying, you know, I'm going to go into it. I know what I bring to the table and whatever happens, mm-hmm. happens. And I think that's the healthy mindset that we've mm-hmm. kind of strayed away from. The other fear that I think is one of the most common is the fear of loss. And whether that's, you know, loss in the sense of you had somebody die or lost in the sense of lost opportunity, lost memories, you know, lost social position, lost job, whatever it is, whenever you lose something, there's that natural grieving process, whether it is, and it looks different, but whether it is, you know, a person or a thing or a situation, we grieve that loss and it looks different, but every <clears throat> single situation where you lose something is a different grieving process. But ultimately, I think more misery comes not from the grieving process itself but the fear and the fear Mm -hmm. of you know especially as it relates to social change like the fear of you know i may never see these people again i may never talk to those people and i think there's something they said if it's about people you know loss of friends or something if you don't stay in contact with them where they really your friends but we've kind of addressed that in the friends episode so i i think we'd rather focus on that fear itself is mm-hmm. the problem, not the loss. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's the anxiety that you have about the unknown. And like you were saying, you do more harm worrying about the future and you're taking away your ability to be present in the moment. Like you were saying, like when we're graduating, we're really thinking about the last memories we'll have with these people. That's a very applicable example uh, for our current timeline right now. But then when you're so worried about the future, then you're completely taking away your ability to be in the moment and make more memories with those people because you're thinking about something else. And so that there's a quote um, from a German teacher named Eckhart Tolle that he says, the primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. And that itself um, is a very common stoic uh, ideology where it's it's all, all about your perspective. The You don't see the world as it is, you see the world as you are. So as you sort of change your perspective, then the things that you see are going to start to look different. It's all about how you see, how you view a problem or how you view an idea. So this idea of being anxious about the future and sort of anxiously anticipating or awaiting change to happen to you, instead of just going through your life trying to become a better person or a better man or a better woman and become stronger and more knowledgeable, then you're waiting for a change and then you're less likely to be prepared for when these things actually happen to you. And I think the way it's interesting, you said you mentioned having a loss, like if you lose somebody, the way the natural world works, it's always very balanced. So whenever you lose something, you're going to gain something else, whether that is a lesson or strength or uh, a new a new perspective on something, you're always going to gain something when you lose something. It's like the idea of when one door closes, another one opens. I think that's very it's a very real idea, especially in the mental realm when we're battling these mental uh, barriers and these we have these mental obstacles that we're trying to overcome with um, being anxious about the future. But like you were saying, yeah, I did have this quote about uh, the fear of change, and it comes from an Israeli historian named Yuval Noah Harari, and he has this famous book called Homo Deus, which essentially is an examination of the future, is what uh, the critics would call it. 
and he he writes it through a science um, and a, his, uh, a scientific, historical, and philosophical lens. He kind of combines all these ideas, um, and it's interesting. Homo Deus, Homo means man, and Deus means God. So it's this idea of man, God, creation, and whatnot. But the quote says, um, "People are usually afraid of change because they fear the unknown." But the single greatest constant of history is that everything changes. So if you look back at history, the best way to learn and to predict the future is to look at history and kind of learn from the mistakes that we've made. Everything has evolved, whether it's scientifically or culturally, socially, economically, it doesn't matter. Everything is always going to change. Regardless of how you feel, the sun's going to come up in the morning and things are going to still change every single day. That is absolutely inevitable. So the to kind of shift into more like tools to deal with change, I guess we, we kind of elaborated on the fears, right? But to sort of touch on tools, I guess one would be, you have to have a mindset shift about change. You can't fear it. Even if you are anxious, if there's nothing that you can do about it, there's no reason to uh, stretch yourself out or be anxious. That's another stoic belief. Control what you can. If you can't control it, there's no reason to worry about it. And if you can control it, there is again, no reason to worry about it because there's something you can do. That simple shift in your mindset will create all the difference. Right, and I think when I, when we're talking about mindset, my my personal mindset goes to what what is the alternative to change? Um, Marcus Aurelius has a quote that says that loss is nothing else but change, and change is nature's delight. And it kind of points to like there's a natural element, and without change, life would be the same routine every single day. And I think generally people would take life with its ups and downs. Rather than just, you know, you wake up as like an NPC and you just go through life every single day experiencing the same thing day after day after day. There's no true joy found in that. And I think that's the thing people have to realize with change is that change can bring devastation. Like it can bring a range of negative emotions. But change also is the true creator of joy. You have to change your situation to experience true joy the same way that your situation may change upon itself. And bring you feelings of pain or sadness and so you have to take one with the other life cannot just be a hundred percent joy and it also can't be a hundred percent pain and i think change is the equilibrium to where it balances out that you have an appropriate amount of joy and you have an appropriate amount of pain because pain you learn from and joy you just get to experience and live from and i think that that's what aurelius is saying through his quote and he's also just again explaining that life loses its value and it's a natural feel if you don't embrace the change and if you regard everything as negative because it is a mindset thing and you can go into change or loss or whatever it is and you can think this sucks you can think you know i learned a few lessons here i had good experiences but i'm moving on and it is time to move on and it's time to accept and it's time to make whatever situation is next better and i think that that's clearly the more healthy mindset and so you're right as we transition the tools it's about mindset and it's also about acceptance, and I think that those two go hand in hand together. Acceptance, mindset, and expectations kind of come together in a triad that are part of the solution. You know, you accept what you can't control, which is a fundamental Stoic teaching, is that if you can't control it, then you should not worry about it. And so you have to accept that you know, graduating is just a part of life, or moving is just a part of life, or you lose a job, it's just a part of life. And it's not something that you can really, I would say, take personally. It's just something that happens in life. And so you accept that you can't control it. And you accept the situation as is. And when you accept the situation as is, you know where you're starting and you know where you need to go. And so I think that in tandem with your expectations of 
the expectations when you walk into the situation, the expectations when you come out of the situation, and the expectations when you enter whatever new path you are on, in tandem with the acceptance, provide you a much clearer objective when you go through change. When you have a clear objective, you're obviously more likely to succeed when it comes to change versus whether you feel lost or you feel you know that fear of the unknown. Well, and you said that, it, like you were saying, if it, you have to know what it's like to be sad in order to be happy because it's that idea of if everything brings you joy, then nothing brings you joy. And the idea of change being the, the equilibrium between the two is exactly correct. It's, it's the idea that you can't know peace without suffering or you can't know courage without ever knowing fear. And so ultimately, you can't have growth without change. Change is that, that middle line, that fine line between yes and no, or good and bad, or what, the, the opposites, right? And so then you mentioned that, that we had, there's this trinity of ideas of a mindset change, acceptance, and expectations. And to, to touch a little bit more deeply on acceptance, we, we talked about that a lot, not only just with change, but in a lot of our episodes about... Um, just all kinds of events that happen to, to you, the accepting the harsh truth or sparking change even starts with the acceptance of reality. And so if you can't even accept the reality that you're in or the, the reality of your mental state or whatever reality that you have to come to terms with in order to change, then you're never going to successfully grow into something else. And so, and regardless if you accept it or not, you will change, but the way that you're gonna change without accepting reality is gonna be not what you want. It's not gonna be ideal for you as a person. So accepting the truth and accepting the reality that you're in and the reality that surrounds you and your environment and your friends, whatever it is, that's what's gonna to lead to positive change. And we know that change isn't just a straight linear line up, right? It looks similar to what a stock market looks like. You know, you go up and then you drop all the way back down, but then you eventually get to the top as long as you're implementing these ideologies of a healthier mindset and you're accepting and you have expectations. We talked about this earlier um, in our previous episodes, but if you set too high of expectations for other people, you're always going to be disappointed. And so with change, it's sort of the same thing. You can't always expect things to go smoothly with change. You have to understand that it's going to be a bumpy road, but that's what builds character. And one of the things that... Um with those kind of unrealistic expectations or those high expectations. One of the things I've noticed um, from graduation season is talking to people, one of the, I think the biggest sources of pain and kind of, you know, that sadness that comes with leaving or with change is those unlived expectations, unmet expectations and kind of your regrets. And I think that that serves two purposes. I think that that means that instead of dwelling on it, you reflect and realize that, okay, so I've learned from these and now I can change my expectations for the future so that they're more likely to be met I'm less likely to have regrets. And then secondly, you use it as motivation to go get those things, right? The past is the past. You can't dwell on that. You can't go back two years ago and change your level of effort. But you can change your level of effort now. You can change the way that you approach social interactions now. You can change all those things now. So rather than dwell and, you know, oh, I regret that I didn't do this, or I didn't get the opportunity to do this, or I did this too much, and I didn't spend enough time doing this. All of those fears should be washed away because, again, you can't control that. It's in the past, and you can't control that any longer. But you can only control what you're going to do moving forward. And I think when you approach that, and you approach it with, I'm going to make the future as bright as possible, then certainly you still acknowledge the memories and all the good times that you had. Certainly, you know, you build on the routine, but you're happy because the future is going to be better. 
And I think that's the third tool that I would say is that you need to have a vision, have a vision of your future. And this specifically kind of relates to graduation, but when you graduate, it may be scary because you could be like me and you don't even know where you're going to college. You don't know what your career plans are. You don't know where you're going to be in 10 years, where you're going to live, you know, what your family situation is going to look like. You know, you could even be married. You could have kids. Crazy to think about that. And it's stressful. I, I, I thoroughly get it. And it's very understandable. However, you're much better suited if instead of worrying about that, you just know where you're going in terms of the people you want to surround yourself with, the principles you're upholding, the more moral value that you have, um, what, what basically you want to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Because if you surround yourself with good people and you surround yourself with an environment that meets all of your principles and is a fulfilling and meaningful environment where you're happy, it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what you're doing with your career because you feel fulfilled. You feel that you are upholding your principles. You feel that you are being an ethical mm -hmm. and morally correct person. And so it doesn't matter. And so that's why it's important to establish that vision and establish your principles. Mm -hmm. We've talked about nearly in every episode, you need to establish your own principles, establish a sense of self-reflection, and then live those values out. Mm -hmm. And then you live a much healthier life. The same applies here, especially when you face such big life path, life decisions, big shifts, like going to college, graduating from college, moving, or changing jobs. Such big shifts require that self-reflection at a great level. And so if you have that vision, you already have that sense of self, you're going to be very successful no matter where you go. And so you have that you know, self-advocacy and self-efficacy that you know it may be stressful now, but I know wherever I end up, I'm going to be successful and fulfilled. Well, and ultimately having to the, to the smallest degree absolute clarity on what you want your goals or you want your vision to look like, that's, that is probably the, the first place to start because it's much easier to start big, this big goal, a big dream, and then sort of narrow down on the steps that it takes to get there or even identify the steps that it takes to get there. If you didn't know what you wanted to do, but all that you knew was that you wanted to make money, well, then you sort of at least you know you want to make money. So then you can start to look at, well, how can I make money? What am I good at? And you start to identify these things. But uh, maintaining an adequate level of clarity when sort of determining what you want this goal or vision of yours to be, that that's what you need. You can't get anywhere without being extremely clear on what you want to have. Because if you have this very, um, this very precise image in your head of what your future looks like or what you're going to look like in five, 10 years down the road, then any obstacle that you encounter, you're going to be able to sort of apply that to your goal and sort of work around it because you still know where you want to go. If you're just walking aimlessly and mindlessly through life and something comes your way and you're not ready for it and then you don't know how to respond because you don't know what you want as an individual, that's where you're going to struggle. And I think that's where we see, at least in our generation, we sort of have a lack of ambition to even find this goal of ours, we, we're kind of just going with the motions or, you know, riding comfortable because there's no need to be uncomfortable in a society where everything is handed to us, essentially. But this idea of maintaining a very clear vision would serve anybody well in any part of their life. And like you mentioned, you can't change the past. You can't go back two years down the road and change one decision that would change the outcome of where you are today. So ultimately, the best time to start is today. The only thing that you can do by looking at the past is learn and then apply that to how you're going to be better in the future, which is sort of, it's very cliche to say that, but I think it takes a lot of self-reflection. We've talked about that in many episodes is having this very, um, almost like this brutally honest conversation with yourself about where you are 
and who you are as a person because if you can't be honest with yourself then it's going to be impossible for you to be honest with others down the road so if you can be 100 percent honest with yourself about where you stand the quality of the person that you are and in terms of where you want to be or who you want to be and being able to understand that i may not be this person yet but i am able to change and grow into that person with these steps then you're going to be much better off that also kind of leads i guess with change we sort of expect things to happen to us which they will but not in the way that we're expecting them to there's no way that there's just going to be a pile of a million dollars cash when i get home in my bed simply because i want it but because i know that i want that then you can start to go and sort of dictate your life and create your own reality and be in control of all the decisions that you make in order to achieve that goal right and i think I return to, for people who currently struggle with change, I return to something that Jameson, our first guest, said on the podcast. One of the things that he said that he lives by is the phrase, seek discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think you bring up a great point. We, as a society, kind of expect things to happen how we want to. We expect good things to come to us. In reality, events are just going to happen how nature sees fit. Mm -hmm. So how do you become better at adapting to those things, accepting those things? You seek discomfort. If you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you become more adept in those situations you become more used to it and therefore you're more likely to succeed you know it's the concept of practice makes perfect the same thing applies when you're in uncomfortable situations if you've grown up the comfortable life you know you've grown up in a mansion you know you've had everything every need you've ever had every want you've ever had has been satisfied and then you get into the real world and you have an uncomfortable situation you have something drastically change you're not going to be prepared to experience that Mm -hmm. but if you're somebody who has it tough or goes out and seeks those uncomfortable situations, you know, has the discipline, has gone through a lot of terrible situations, then when something big happens, some drastic change happens, you're going to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. just another thing that has to be dealt with and you move through it and you have a healthy mindset. Mm -hmm. And so that phrase, seek discomfort, really applies in this situation because the more that you seek discomfort out, the more that you seek those uncomfortable situations out, the more that you... Um, push to change yourself and then experience change in your life, the more you're going to come to find it natural, the more you're going to come to find it necessary, and therefore the more likely you are to mm-hmm. succeed and thrive in those situations. And you want to be able to succeed and thrive when it's a situation that happens always in life. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle of life that change is. Change is kind of the cogs that make the circle of life go. And so I think it's a necessary skill to be able to navigate change. And so through your tools and, you know, acceptance, expectations, mindset, through the ability to be motivated, have a vision, through your determination to seek discomfort, seek uncomfortable situations, you're going to have a wealth of knowledge that many people don't have, especially our generation. You're going to be able to be a master of change. Mm-hmm. Well, and being able, and also, like you were saying, and seeking discomfort and willing to be uncomfortable, that means you're willing to accept change. I mean, that's almost a synonym, uncom- discomfort and change are almost synonyms because it's almost impossible to have change without being uncomfortable at any level. So if you're willing to be uncomfortable and you 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 sort of thrive in this high pressure, high discomfort environment, then your reaction to change is going to be much better and much more positive than the individuals that surround you. And also I know you said um, like if you kind of depending on like a background, if you're someone who's grown up, you know, comfortably versus someone who's grown up with Uh, hardship even if you are someone who hasn't grown up or you know in your childhood anyway or in your entire life had a lot of hardships still understanding the value of discomfort and putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations 
and not kind of falling into this state of complacency and um, you're just very comfortable with where you're at, understanding the value in putting yourself intentionally into situations that breed discomfort, that's where you're going to grow. And, you know, because nobody wants to be in a situation where hardship is present because that is our human nature. We don't want to be uncomfortable. But to an extent, we have to realize that in a society where everything is pretty convenient and comfortable, we sort of have to intentionally put ourselves in those situations of discomfort in order to thrive. Back, you know, hundreds of years ago, even not even hundreds of years ago, during war times in the 1900s, um, people didn't want to go to war, but they didn't have a choice. So they were put in these situations of discomfort, and that's where they grew, and that's how our country grew. But now, I mean, and I'm thankful we aren't in a state of war, in a state of famine, or any other you know, epidemic or struggle, um, it's very important to sort of establish a sense of discipline and this drive within yourself that will allow you to put yourself intentionally into situations that are uncomfortable so you can be, grow into a better person. I think today in society, because everything is so accessible so easily, we've sort of um, placed less value on knowledge and being able to think for oneself because, I mean, you hear this argument in school all the time. Well, there's a calculator. Why would I need to know how to do math? Or there's the internet. Why would I need to know this when I could just look it up? The idea of being able to think as an individual is, I mean, it's huge. And being able to think for yourself and put yourself intentionally in the situations is what's going to set you apart from the rest. And I think just kind of to recap the episode, you know, Change is absolutely necessary. It's one of the most natural parts of life. And I think that we face two paths as humans. You either embrace it or reject it. And so those two paths, you either reject change and you become somebody who is unable to adapt, unable to succeed when they are challenged, and ultimately not a successful person. I return to a Daily Stoic article that was written a couple of years ago that says that there is nothing sadder than a person who can't grow, who cannot turn over a new leaf who cannot take a leap of faith forward, and who cannot thrive into in the dark. And I think that it, it's just saying that when you are faced with challenges, when you are faced with an opportunity to grow, which is what change is, that comes naturally. If you run away from it, it's sad because ultimately as Stoics, we all agree that we need to grow as people. Mm-hmm. We are always making progress. We are always improving in our personal character and our personal qualities. And change is a natural part of that. And so... When you choose to reject change, that's what you're choosing. You're choosing to not take leaps of faith. You're choosing to not grow. You're choosing to remain stuck in your position instead of exploring new options. And you have to be willing to make those decisions. You have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to change to get better. That is the only solution. And so as Stoics, if you want to go forth in the Stoic lifestyle, embrace change. Embrace it with an acceptance that change is natural change is necessary and that embracing it is just what you have to do to be successful in life embrace it with expectations a healthy mindset expectations that are reasonable can be met and make it so that you are not left with regrets or disappointment when that change happens and having a vision having motivation knowing where you're going who you want to be surrounded with and the values that you want to uphold as you move forward in life no matter what change happens all these in tandem provide you with the foundation to be a stoic go through change and ultimately be better because of it. And, you know, again, just to wrap up, it's certainly easier said than done to just say, oh, we'll just accept change. And it does take a very strong individual and a strong willed individual to 
be able to undergo these changes and whatever changes they encounter in their life. But it is possible to grow into this person and it will take time. That's that's a big thing too is change does take time, especially when it's something that you want. Nothing worth having is coming easy. So I guess my closing piece would just be that you know, I sort of mentioned it earlier, and although some change may it may look like it's sort of leading into nothing or there is no point in this this whatever is changing, ultimately, as Stoics always believed, leave what you can't control up to fate and just believe that everything is happening for a reason and that everything that happens to you is happening for a purpose and that it will develop you into an individual and it will things will happen to you that are supposed to happen to you to teach you things to help you propel into the future and just be able to embark on your future endeavors whatever they may look like so to our audience who we know is uh, mostly teenagers college students um, congratulations if you're graduating it's a huge accomplishment mm-hmm. if you are you know in the process of graduating whether it be high school or college keep pushing summer is another social change you know you change structure And a lot of the advice we've said today also applies to summer, keeping your summer productive on that path towards graduation or whatever you choose. And so that's just our message is as we face what is a time of kind of transition, time of change, congratulations to those who are graduating and moving on. And, you know, good luck to the people who are moving towards the path of graduation and towards their path in life. And I think that um, we're going to continue building together through the podcast and we're excited to see the places that um, you know you and I go, and some of our you know well-known followers go. So mm-hmm. this has been episode seventeen, discussion around change. I've been your co-host, Ren. And I'm your co-host, Mateo. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening.